you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. My dad talks about the, like the moon landing and, and remembering where he was when that happened. For me, um, and for probably many people in my generation, and maybe many of you, uh, I remember where I was when the September 11th attacks happened. Um, I was in, I was a freshman in high school, so now you guys are like, oh, he's like a little kid. Um, but some of you think, oh, he was so old, so that's good. Uh, um, when I ask that question in confirmation, they never know what, they're like, I don't know, I was probably a baby or something. Um, but for me, I remember, um, I don't remember much about that day, I remember going through the day and watching a lot of TV uh, in school, all my classes, the teachers just wheeled the TV into the room and we just watched and watched and watched and at the end of the day, um, my dad picked me up from the bus stop, and we went uh, to f- put gas in the car, because uh, we were, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. we got to put gas in the car, so we put gas in the car. And then the next place we went was to church. Um, a lot of people, and maybe you guys did this as well on that day, a lot of people uh, went to church that day. And I don't remember anything about that. All I remember was that it was night, <laughs> and we went to church on a day that we didn't normally go to church. And the reason that that we did is because when something happens uh, that kind of takes the, the foundation out of the way you see the world, um, one of the places we go looking for help is, is to God, right? Uh, when you can't explain something that's happened, and for me as a kid, um, that event, and probably for many of you, just shattered the way that I thought about my life and about the world and about my own safety and, and security, and it is never quite the same uh, since And when something like that happens, um, that kind of shakes the foundation of what normal life looks like, you, you go looking for God, right? Um, you want to hear what God has to say. I think most of the time when I go through my day and, and when we go through our days, um, we're not uh, desperate to hear from God. Uh, the times that we really want to hear is when something happens that uh, we just don't have space for in our, in our minds to explain, and we, we come to him uh, looking, looking for help. Um, because when something happens that doesn't fit well into how we understand how our lives are supposed to go, how the world is supposed to go, um, we just need to figure it out. It doesn't have to be something big, um, like, like the September 11th attacks or big world history. It might be something small and unexpected in your life. You know, when you uh, work really hard on something and whoever you're doing it for just doesn't get it at all. And, and it's that expectation is violated and it, and it hurts. Um, you know, when you um, sometimes, and this has happened to me as I was growing up, you know, I'd turn over a, a new leaf in my faith and I'd be really faithful about reading my Bible or, or going to church or, or doing whatever. And then um, things would happen in my life, like bad things would still happen in my life. And I would, it'd throw me for a loop because I'd think, God, you know, we, we had a deal. Here I am. I'm a good church kid. This stuff shouldn't happen to me. Or, or maybe, you know, you, you forgive your boss or you try and reconcile with your boss, but it ends in you getting fired. And, and when these unexpected things happen, um, we get thrown off. Uh, you know, when we don't know how to fit them into the way we understand the world, we, we get thrown off. And, and one of the places we go when we're thrown like that is to God. And we pray, um, you know, kind of as I was thinking about it, the, these are the kind of prayers that, that I pray, right? The first one we pray, God, make this right. Uh, whatever it is, if, if it's illness or uh, a tough situation that we don't know how it's going to turn out, we say, God, this doesn't make sense. 
This doesn't feel good. God, uh, save the day. God, make this situation right. Uh, Sometimes we say, God, give me hope. Uh, Maybe we don't think there's any way that uh, whatever it is that happened can be undone. Uh, So we pray, God, help me to help me to have hope. And and finally, the question that that we always ask and that we only ask when things violate our expectations, right? When things go wrong is, is God, help me understand why this happened. And, and we might ask ourselves that question. We might ask other people, why do you think this happened? And I remember uh, sitting in, in church and, and the weeks following uh, that day, everybody was asking that question, why did this happen? And, and none of the answers are, are satisfactory, right? You know, God, step in. God, make it right, make it better, or at least help me understand. Um, at Bethel, we've been talking about what it means to hear from God. And, and when we're looking to hear from God, I think this is what, what we want, maybe. Um, in, in Luke chapter 6, um, our, our story, uh, the, the gospel tells the story of a group of crowds that are coming to Jesus. And, and in Luke chapter 6, I think it's these kinds of questions that, that draw people to Jesus in, in our biblical story here. They, they want to sit at Jesus' feet and, and hear what he has to say. Some of them uh, want him to solve their problems. Uh, some of them are just looking for hope in the middle of a dark situation, and, and others are, are looking to Jesus to understand their world, why things are happening, and where uh, Jesus, this person, fits into the world. So let's take a look. Um, chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. says, he went down with them, this is Jesus, and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples were there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and also be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him. And healing them all. Uh, so, so in the story so far where, where we kind of left off, uh, Jesus has been roaming the area, teaching and healing, and people keep, the news is spreading about him, and people are coming from all over because they recognize that this is somebody who is solving problems. And when you're going around and solving people's problems, uh, people that have problems tend to gather around you, and that's what's happening to Jesus. He's surrounded by people that that have problems, that need healing, that don't understand what's going on. And as they gather, this enormous crowd gathers, Jesus begins uh, to teach them. And what he says to them is, is something more than what they're looking for, I think. Uh, and it's something more than what we're looking for when we really want to hear from God. But as we've been talking about what it means to hear from God, uh, this is one of the first times in Luke that, that Jesus speaks. And so I encourage you to wrestle with what he has to say uh, with me as, as I've been doing since, since Monday. Um, because what he says is something that doesn't fit very well with how they understand the world. And if we're honest, I don't think it fits very well with how we understand our world either. Um, so he, he goes into it. This is the first thing he says. He gets them all gathered up. He's healed their diseases and, and says power is just coming out of him. So it's amazing. And he's surrounded by people that, that want something and, and people that are, are looking for answers. And, and, he says, and he says this. He says, looking at his disciples and the crowd that had gathered, right? Looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom 
of God. Um, and just to, to clarify, in the ancient Near East, the word poor obviously applied to people that don't have any money, but it was a broader word than that. To be poor in the ancient world uh, meant to be of low uh, social status. Um, so if you know the story of the gospel, Jesus spends a lot of time uh, eating with people he's not supposed to eat with. He spends a lot of time with, with women. Uh, he spends a lot of time with uh, tax collectors. He spends a lot of time with people that can't seem to follow God's law, sinners. And, and all of those people, whether they have money or not, are, are poor in ancient Near East society. Tax collectors had plenty of money, but everybody thought they were pretty bad people. They were considered poor, that lower, lower level. And so, but, so Jesus turns around and says, uh, blessed are you who are poor, and he continues. He says, blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Uh, and, and he keeps going. He says, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, when they reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. This is how, how Jesus leads off. And, and keep in mind, he's surrounded by all kinds of people, but he's surrounded by a lot of people that, that fall into these categories, people that need stuff, people that are desperate for help. Um, <clears throat> but what Jesus offers isn't just a, a slightly different way of understanding things. Um, people actually, this message sounds uh, regular to us because we've been reading it in, in the West for, for thousands of years, but at the time, it, it was, it was pretty, um, pretty controversial. Uh, nobody really said anything like this. The, the best opinion that you might have of somebody who is poor or hungry is that you could increase your status by helping them out. Um, uh, people talk plenty about charity, right? And, and if you see somebody who's hurting, it's, it's good to give them something, um, but on a deep level, um, people believed at the time in the ancient Near East, just like um, most religions teach today, and, and if we're honest, many of us believe today, people believed that things in your life happen for a reason. Um, and so if you had wealth, if you had power, if you had privilege, if you had prominence and respect in society, most people believed, what, right, that you deserved those things. Um, if you, if you had things, it was a good sign that maybe God was blessing you, and God was probably blessing you because you were doing what you were supposed to do. And, and on the other side of that, they, they believed the opposite of that, that if you were sick, or if you were hungry, or if you were low in social status, if you were poor, if people didn't respect you, then um, if you didn't know the story, then you probably did something to deserve that, right? If you were poor, it was probably because you were lazy. If you um, couldn't stay on the right side of, of God's law, it was probably because you just didn't have the character uh, to follow. Maybe you weren't working hard. And we generally, um, we might not say this out loud today, but um, there's a part of us that believes this too. When you see somebody that is struggling, and especially somebody that always needs something, that, that seems to always be struggling, um, there's maybe a part of you <laughs> that thinks, well, yeah, they kind of brought this on themselves. Uh, I am able to survive. I'm able to figure this out. I'm able to hold down a job, whatever. Um, I'm doing something right, and they're doing something wrong. Um, and so that, that base belief, uh, Jesus is, is challenging, right? That belief that if things are going good in your life, it must be because you're good, and if they're going bad, it must be because uh, you're doing something, something wrong. And it's into that way of understanding the world, which, if we're honest, is 
sometimes my understanding of the world and sometimes our understanding of the world, it's into that that Jesus comes in and says something different. Uh, it's into that world that Jesus says, no, um, the poor may look um, rejected and like failures and like bad things are coming for them, but no, blessed are the poor for the kingdom is theirs. And, and the kingdom is this thing that Jesus is, is bringing about on earth. Blessed are the hungry for, they may be hungry now, but they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who weep for laughter is on the way. Blessed are you when people hate you because great is your reward in heaven. And, and, and that's not enough. Unfortunately for us, and, and I've been wrestling with this passage all week because it, it, it's meant to bother us. Uh, and if it doesn't bother, bother you, maybe you're, you're not giving it enough, enough chance to let it bother you. But it's been bothering me all week because Jesus doesn't do us the grace of, of not talking anymore now. Um, we could probably handle it if it was, uh, let's raise up uh, people that are hurting. But, but he actually keeps going. He says this. Uh, he says, Woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Now, now don't misunderstand Jesus here. Um, uh, these are hard, frank, and honest words, um, but they're not words of condemnation. Uh, they're words of desperate warning. Um, he's warning uh, and blessing at the same time. He has two messages depending upon where you are at life. But if I'm honest, when I, when I read this this morning or this uh, Monday, it was not what I look for when I come to the Bible for encouragement and help. <laughs> I, I'm not looking for, for woe after a long hard day. And, and I don't think it's why most of us read the Bible um, today, what we really want to hear either. Uh, but Jesus' message is, is simple, and, and this is what he's trying to say with his blessings and woes. He's trying to say, uh, this world is backwards. Um, if you're trying to evaluate uh, somebody's um, worth based on how their life is going in this world, you're always going to fail. This world is upside down, according to Jesus, and I am going to make it right. And, and he forces them to decide if they're going to believe him or not, and he, and he calls us uh, in the same way. Um, because this is, this is always Jesus' message. And I, I think in my own life, and maybe you've experienced this too, um, we're really happy to let Jesus come into our lives to solve a problem for us. Um, I'm really happy to, to make a little room in my life for, for Jesus. But um, Hearing God is about building our lives on his. Um, Jesus says, it's not enough that I'll, I'm not just going to heal you, um, but I'm going to give you a whole new world. We may come to Jesus with a problem that we want him to solve so we can go back to our normal lives. And, and Jesus says, uh, your normal life is built on an on a unstable and shaky foundation. You may be doing okay now, but you won't be forever. Instead, he calls them all that would be healed, all that would listen, all that would be filled, and all of us to uh, build our lives on, on his. He, he's saying this, he says, the way that things work in this world are wrong. Um, success or failure or security or even outward things like morality and closeness to God and, and hard work and, and whatever um, 
they're not a measure of your value, of your worth. You can have the whole world and, and not um, get any value from that, and you can have nothing, and it's not an adequate measure of your value. Because uh, what Jesus says is, is if it was, um, if our money or our morality or our good deeds or our uh, good behaviors were a measure of our worth, uh, none of us would make the cut. If we could earn blessings on this side of the earth, if we could earn God's favor by being good people, none of us would make the cut. We would all be poor and hungry, is, is what Jesus is, is trying to say. Um, the Bible often contains in it um, kind of two messages. Uh, almost every uh, passage in the Bible has, has two sides to it. Um, and it's intended to do two different things, uh, depending upon where we are and what's going on in our lives. And sometimes we'll be in one category of this, and sometimes we'll be in another. But, but the Bible is meant, and God's Word is meant to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Um, so when we're struggling, when things are heavy on our backs, when we feel poor, uh, the, the Bible is there to give us comfort to remind us that we have value, but, but when we're comfortable, it's, it's there to challenge us. It's there to get under our skin a little bit. Uh, Jesus' message uh, has always been heard differently based on where you hear it and what's happening in your life, um, like all of Scripture. Uh, so I think these are the words that, that I'm hearing here for us today, and depending upon where you are, um, hopefully you, you hear God at work too. Um, if you're uh, afflicted, Maybe these words sound like comfort to you. Maybe this reversal sounds like comfort to you. Maybe if you're going through something right now, they even sound too good to be true, uh, that God will come and save and help and work in situations that seem unworkable. Maybe you see yourself as poor in areas of your life. Maybe you see yourself as hungry or weeping or rejected by others. Have things in your life not gone as you hoped? Has something happened to you that has, has shattered the way you looked at the world, a tragedy or a failure or a loss? Has something left you wondering if God really cares about you? Has something left you saying, but God, why me? Are you weary and heavy burden? Are you not on the top but on the bottom? Are you looked down on, excluded, or hopeless? Are you wondering if your life has any value, if you resonate or connect with any of that, Jesus is speaking to you through this page and in his word. He says, no, that thing that you feel so terrible about, that tragedy is not your fault. No, your lack is not your failure. No, you probably couldn't have done anything differently. Jesus is speaking to you. He says, yes, you have value. Yes, you're worthwhile. Yes, you matter to him. Jesus is speaking to you. He says, I died and rose for you. So come to me and find your value. Come to him and find your rest. Come to him and find resurrection. Because this life is not the end. These successes and failures are not your story. That loss is not the final word. It's only the beginning. Come to me. And if you're comfortable, uh, maybe you find your eyes drawn to the second half of the passage. Maybe as, as we read this today and heard that word, woe, the, the words challenged you and bothered you and got under your skin like they, they do me sometimes. 
Maybe you find them hard to read. Maybe uh, the last time you read the woes, uh, like me, you just sort of skipped on to the next thing to hear the next bit of good news. Do you find yourself among the rich and the well-fed and the laughing and the well-liked? Do they make you uncomfortable? Are you looking for an escape hatch? (laughs) Do you mark your value by what you have or what you've done? Do you find your identity in your things or your security or your success or your comfort? Do you take your worldly blessings as some kind of reward for your morality? Do you look down on those who struggle and who can't, who can't seem to make progress in this life? Do you live like the things you have or what gives your life value? Do you sit in judgment over those who can't seem to do the right thing or follow the rules, whose lives and relationships look like a mess? If that's you, if you're feeling that way today, uh, don't close the book. Don't close your heart because Jesus is not condemning you. It's not meant to make you look bad or, or feel bad or to tell you that you didn't work hard or that you're not valuable. Jesus is speaking to you and, and his word is this. It's, whoa, it's look out. I remember, um, it's going to sound weird, one of the first times I, I ever accidentally made Foster cry, my son cry. Um, it was because we were standing uh, next to a street and he started to run into the street and I grabbed him and I said, Foster, no! And he looked at me and he stopped and the tears started to well up in his eyes because he thought I was mad at him. He thought I was yelling at him, but of course I was just yelling at him because I was afraid he was going to get hit by a car. Jesus is not yelling at us because he's mad. He doesn't say, woe, because he's angry or condemning us. He says, woe, because maybe we're headed into traffic. He says, foster no, because he loves you. And if this is you and these words are hard to hear, Jesus is speaking to you. He says, no, that work that you did, that thing that you have, that prominence or respect that you've accumulated, that degree that you earned is not what gives your life value. No, you can't get to me yourself. No, you're not good enough or strong enough. No, your morality will not save your life. Jesus is speaking to you. He says, lay down those things. Lay down your effort, your wealth, your hard work, and your success, and instead find your value in me. Lay down your strength and find your strength in me. Lay down your plans and find your hope in me. Jesus is speaking to you. He says, yes, you have value. You are worthwhile, and it's not based on anything you've done or accumulated. Yes, you matter to me, and it doesn't matter what you've earned or said or done or followed or what you'll be remembered by. Jesus is speaking to you. He says, I died and rose for you. Come to me and find value. Come to me and find rest. Come to me and find resurrection. Come to me and find life. Jesus says, this life is not the end. These successes and these failures are not your story. That loss is not the final word. It's only the beginning. I don't know what message you need to hear today, but if you're anything like me, it's probably whatever message bothers you the most. (laughs) Because during our lives, we'll need to hear both of Jesus' words here, sometimes even in the same day. And just because you hear them once doesn't mean you remember them forever. We constantly need to be reminded 
The circumstances of our life constantly call us to return to these words and this message. But when we really believe that our value comes from him and what he's done for us, when we hear these words, when we believe them, when we build our lives on Jesus and him alone, we'll see things differently. We'll treat people, even our enemies, as though they're valuable. We'll accept our success with humility. We'll see our tragedies as a little less crushing. We'll share our time and our money with people who need it. We'll be able to pour ourselves out like Jesus did for us. We may find ourselves a little slower to judge and a little quicker to love because we'll know that our value is unshakable and our future is secure in the resurrection. We can never be the same again. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.